1: All right, welcome into episode number one forty eight of the Brilliant Sports Podcast, joined by a special guest tonight. Tonight, if I can get that out already, uh, Kyle from the Chomping on a bit, we're Chomping at a bit, Chomping at the bit, Chomping it's at so the bit, good. man. I, we we went yes. over this off air like ten times. I still still all fumbled good. it, just it's like you know, yeah. just like Trevor Lawrence the other night. But uh, yeah, no, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll get into you know all things NFL right now. It's kind of the the talk of the town. I mean, obviously the NBA, NHL going on, but um, as we're getting closer and closer to the end of the the regular season, um, full disclosure, I gotta, I, I can't put Kyle on blast too much with the six Super Bowl uh, trophies, obviously in the last couple of decades, but man, it's it's been a little bit painful, I'm sure for uh, for your New England Patriots.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's something <laughs> that was expected. I, I say it all the time, you know, the the Brady years are so good that fans just got used to it. And now that we're post-Brady, you know, yes, it was going to be a struggle. I don't know if fans are ready for this type of struggle, but it's like what teams go through, you know. The the Lions have been bad for a while. They're now finally figuring it out. So it's tough for Patriots fans to get, you know, sympathy from other fans. Fan bases when they would trade in the twenty plus years, you know that the Patriots had. Even if it, even if they told them that the three years after might be a little rough, is it really only two? Because Mac Jones' rookie year, they still made the playoffs. They just didn't win a playoff game. So, I it is what it is. You know the the jokes are coming from <laughs> a lot of the TV analysts who are of. Like affiliated with teams who lost to Belichick and Brady a lot and now they're doing their victory lap and it's all good
1: yeah I mean ultimately like you said like most fan I mean I think every fan base would trade positions with you because um I mean you could argue obviously the Steelers back way back and then Dallas in the 90s um like they were dynasties and You could argue, you know, even the Broncos there for a while under Elway were like, you know, just consistently really good, but to rattle off the Mm -hmm. six rings in the last couple of decades and like this year has been like, I've never in my lifetime, I don't think I'm 27. I mean, maybe if I watched football when I was three or four, but like from ever, ever since I watched the game, I seeing the Patriots were like three and 10 or whatever it is like It's it's almost unfathomable. Like it it seems like they should at least be 500 because the defense is still pretty good. Mm -hmm. Like it's amazing. So um, yeah, no, Kyle's a very good sport about it. If he wasn't, I would probably throw some jabs because there's a lot of New England fans near me. Surprisingly, (laughs) and like they give me, you know, they put me through hell every single year. But um, Kyle's a really good. Like he's honest. He's not uh, over here boasting about how you know, we have six rings and you don't. So I'll, I'll let them off the hook, but I just want to open up with that a little bit because it's just strange. Like it, it doesn't feel, I mean, like you said, it, it like ebbs and flows. Like even the dolphins were horrible for so long and now they're starting Mm -hmm. to be a a fairly consistent franchise. I mean, they're number two seed in the AFC right now, but it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we'll see what which of these franchises can be consistent long term like the chiefs have done it now but and baltimore is kind of a staple of of consistency not saying they they win a lot of chips but they they definitely aren't mediocre hardly ever so it's there's a lot of teams like that but just kind of looking at this season are is there any i should say unexpected playoff teams or or the way you look at it are you looking at any of these teams like i'm sh- i'm shocked they're doing this well whether it be in the NFC or or in the AFC well i think i think the biggest surprise has to be cleveland
0: the position that they're in you know yes they're not winning the division or anything like that but if i told you before the season deshaun watson would struggle yet again you'd have to rely on three guys and joe flacco out of Basically, off his couch, PJ Walker and Dorian Thompson Robinson to win you game. There's a very good chance you end up winning double digit games. Most Browns fans would say, I get it. I'm a fan, but I can't even go that far. And the fact that they've done that kind of around their defense and plus their running game. Nick Chubb going into the season, you could argue, was the best running back in the league. And he's been out since very early in the season. And they still have been able to find ways to win games. So I kind of marvel at what the Browns have done. You also look within the division as well, the Bengals. You lose Joe Burrow late in the season. A lot of teams could have folded and went on a losing streak and fallen out. But Browning's gone in there and has played well. They're now a playoff team. I mean, NFC-wise, I mean, maybe the Rams, because the Rams seem like an afterthought early in the season, and they've quietly put together a a good stretch here and find themselves as a wild-card team. Now we'll see if they can finish the job and and continue to stay in the playoff uh, race. But, yeah, that's probably the team from the NFC. Maybe the Vikings, but I... I kind of believe in the Vikings when they had Kirk Cousins. Now Josh Dobbs definitely was a surprise, and then he flamed out. So now they have Nick Mullins, and I mean, if Nick Mullins gets them into the playoffs, then you'd have to throw them in as as a big surprise. But
1: yeah, yeah, I'll say Nick Mullins. Mo- yeah, it's, oh. it's crazy. Former uh, Eagle great for like two weeks. I think we had him for like a couple weeks. Like he never. <laughs> I don't know if he ever threw an actual regular season game pass. I know he was on the. The Niners at one point, he actually looked decent mm-hmm. on the 49ers, but um, yeah, that would be, it, it's, I'm not sure. Um, the the teams you touched on for sure, I agree with. Like it, coming into this year, there's like the Lions finishing nine and eight last year. I, I thought they'd be kind of like right around there, like a 10 win team. Mm-hmm. So the fact that obviously they can finish a lot, you know, significantly better than that is a little surprising just because, like, I hate to say it this way, but they are the lions. Like there's no track record of like consistency. It could have been like, who knows, they could have came out this year and won five games. And I don't think like people would have been surprised, but would people be absolutely like shocked to the point where, you know, it's like unbelievable. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But like just the fact that like Dan Campbell's been able to at least show some consistency with a franchise that has had none of that. I mean, even in the, the Barry Sanders years, like they weren't very good. So like, it's good for them. Um, my, if, if, if in fact my Eagles fall, like, I think they, like everybody's predicting just cause they've looked um, overmatched and they, they've kind of been exposed the last three weeks now in a row. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would love to see the lions go from the NFC. Not that I think that's going to happen, but man, that would be like almost worth, you know the Eagles falling because like if, if Detroit somehow went into San Fran and won, that would be just like icing on the cake for me. But um, just looking at like the NF – or I'm sorry, the AFC, the Jags to me, I thought would be better, and they they've fallen off a cliff too. Like they've really struggled the last you know couple of weeks. Doug Peterson, you know, being a former Eagles coach, I know is usually money in the play in uh, December, I should say. And, like, they just haven't been able to figure it out. Obviously, that loss to the Ravens, they they just didn't look good at all. So, I I think you kind of got to look at the Colts a little bit just because they lost um, yeah. Anthony Richardson early. We don't really know what he is yet. Not saying he's bad, not saying he's good, but it's like, you know, they've had to rely on Minshew. And, like, they've got they're, – they're sitting there in the seventh seed. Yet, yeah, not ideal, but I don't think anybody predicted them being up that high. And then the Bengals as well – you know, obviously losing Burrow, it's like they've been able to tread water, at, to say the least. Like they've been winning games, so mm-hmm. it's it's such a it's a bizarre year. I don't think there's a necessarily. I mean, outside you could make Baltimore and San Fran like definitely the best two teams in the NFL, and I don't I don't think many people would argue. But outside of that, man, it's kind of like a crapshoot to me. Like I I don't I think the Chiefs have taken a step back because their receiving core mm-hmm. is just. God-awful. Uh, I don't believe in the Dolphins, really, when it comes to the postseason and, and huge games. Like, I just – they haven't done it enough. And, like I said, the Jags have slipped. And Cleveland's been, a, a like, a, the best story. And, like, I know you mentioned it. Um, you know, Stefanski should be probably coach of the year going away. But, like, it's crazy to say, like, I, I writing him off in the playoffs because, like, Joe Flacco is kind of that guy in the postseason for whatever reason, um, mm-hmm. which would be, like, insanity. Like, I would love to see them in Baltimore meet in the playoffs just because of Flacco being a, a Super Bowl champ with the Ravens and then just the Ravens being an overall just great team and the Browns having a great defense too. But, like, mm-hmm. I got to think their luck, not quote-unquote luck, but their success runs out. Like, I, I don't see them making a, a long run. I mean, we've seen crazier things, but – like, do you think it's kind of a shoo-in that it's going to be Baltimore or San Fran, or do you think there, there is like pretty legitimate cases to be made for other teams? I mean, I
0: I feel like the the Niners are the safer bet for the AFC. I think the way that the AFC is setting up, we're going to get at least a couple of upsets before the AFC title game. I feel like if I'm Baltimore the the teams I probably don't want to see are the Browns and the Bengals mm-hmm. because now you'd be facing them a third time again both teams have guys who can get after the quarterback. I think the Browns are a better defense overall, but the Bengals you still even with it just being Jake Browning at quarterback, you're still having to deal with Chase Higgins and Boyd And Joe Mixon has come on and has become a bigger contributor to the offense as well, which, yes, the Ravens have a good defense, but that's kind of a a tougher defense to game plan for. I think their defense would probably be okay against the Browns, but I like the Browns' defense a lot better. And, look, I mean, you said about the Dolphins. We don't know about the Ravens really in the playoffs either, and that's kind of the crazy thing about the AFC is other than the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are down this year – we don't know about any of these teams in the playoffs. Yeah, so percent that, hundred. That's yeah. why I think upsets are going to happen in the AFC NFC. I, I feel like it's the Niners right now, and I think a lot of people are trying to figure out who's the best team in the NFC to stop the Niners. I probably said the Eagles before, but <laughs> these past like three weeks, I something seems off within. The team dynamic, and whether that's—I uh, know a lot of people like looking at AJ Brown. If it's him, okay. Is it the defensive coordinator situation? Because now it's Patricia on the sideline calling plays with Desai up in the box watching from up above, and I guess <laughs> relaying stuff. I, like it's—that it, was a weird move for a team this late in the season to change. Change like the voice inside of the linebacker's head with the green dot. Now it's Patricia instead of Desai, and like is Patricia running a defense that he wants to, but he just got the position. So how could he implement any type of system? So the Eagles kind of have to figure things out. I that's probably a question I'd ask you, like, you know, looking at the Niners, do you think your Eagles are the best equipped to beat them? And if not, who is it? Maybe it is the Lions, because the Lions have like a power running game. If golf is clicking, like the offense is pretty good, I would worry about the Lions defense maybe against the Niners, but maybe that's the type of team that could beat the Niners.
1: Yeah, I mean, after the I'm like a pessimistic fan to begin with. And like fall like being a Philadelphia fan, you almost have to be, because it's just mm-hmm. it's so many so many close ones over the years. Mm-hmm. Like it's just been like one gut punch after another, it seems like. um. But like this, you know, i watching this team every week. Like even when we were rattling off wins, it was like, all right, we got to come back from a 10 point deficit. All right. You know, we need, and, and like, yes, I'm not expecting like the Eagles to have the same season as they did last year. Mm-hmm. And they're coming off a Super Bowl burst. So like, it's, it's really hard. Like everybody's kind of gunning at you um, and trying to, you know, beat you because you know. Oh, we beat a team that was in the Super Bowl. Like I get, there's all that. There's like they have a target on their back. Yes, but I I gotta say, for a ten and four team like this is probably the worst coached ten and four team like I I might say I've ever seen. Like it's because it it's so especially on the offensive side. I'm not even gonna touch on the defense right now, but like Jalen Hurts is is forcing the ball into triple coverage like time and time again. Um, mm-hmm. he's got Dallas Goddard wide open. He's got Kenny Gainwell coming out of the backfield wide open. Like, there's all these like, and that's that's the exact difference between Hurts and Purdy this year. Is like Purdy will take whatever you give him. Like, if it's mm-hmm. if it's not there, boom, I'll check it down. And yes, it's McCaffrey. I get that, but like he'll he'll find Ayuk. He'll find whoever's open. George Kittle. Like it doesn't matter. Like uh, Jalen Hurts just zones in on one guy, whether it's AJ Brown or Devontae Smith, and like and even Quez Watkins the other night, who's awful. Like he shouldn't be, he's, he's now Jalen Rager 2.0. Like it's so bad, but like Mm -hmm. he'll, he'll force it to him. And it's just like, they're trying to play hero ball. And like, I don't know if it's contagious from like, I've always thought Slay runs his mouth way too much. And like, yes, he's a good player, but you would think he's like Darrell Rivas and he's not like the way he, presents himself like he, you act, you know, he's acting like he's Deion Sanders or say, it's like, it's kind of crazy to me. Um, Good player. Mm-hmm. Not, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't say outstanding player. I just wouldn't. I, I've watched him get burned time and time again. And I think a lot of it has to do with their scheme, but it's, this team is so dysfunctional right now that I just think this, I hate to say it like this, but the, I really feel like this season is a wash. Um, San Fran, like absolutely broke them in half. And like, it, it's been, you know they haven't re- they haven't rebounded since, and like the fact that you know the defensive coordinator change was was you know enacted like right in the middle of a week, it mm-hmm. just felt like it, it screams desperation to me. And not that I hated it, like I was actually kind of okay with it because I I think sh- like all the reports that come out from around from around Philadelphia is like Sean Desai has no confidence, like he doesn't know what he's doing, he's just lost, like mentally he's lost. You know his coaching; like he just doesn't know what he's doing, basically. And they can admit, okay, we swung and missed on a defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. but like this team has so much talent. Um, not so much like there's gaping holes, like linebackers bad, corners are awful, safeties a question mark because Blankenship's so young, and I don't think he knows exactly where he needs to be on the field at times, but. There's so many – like, if you look at the, the Niners, like, where is there a hole? Like, there's – every position is, like, good to elite, basically. And, like, the Eagles, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, there's a good player here, but then there's an awful linebacker here. There's a good player here. There's no safety here or no corner or no – so it's, like, the only way the Eagles will have any success is if they can get pass rush. And I, I just – against San Fran's offensive line, that would – you know, we saw it, like – when they played in Philly a couple weeks ago, it's, it's, I think, and it's, it, this pains me to say this. Cause I, I couldn't hate this matchup more if I tried, but if like mm-hmm. Dallas it, it, to me, matches up the best with San Fran, cause they have the defense. Like I trust Dan Quinn. Um, I don't trust Dallas in the playoffs cause they just always find a way to, to screw it up. But like, sure. for, like a matchup standpoint, I think, I still don't trust Detroit's defense enough to slow down Purdy and like everybody they have. So I, I got to say like Dallas is the only chance in my, and like only realistic chance unless things dramatically change, or, you know, in the next couple of weeks. I, I just think it's going to go through San Fran. And I, I just don't, unfortunately I don't see them losing. I just, I, none of these uh, Dallas might give them a run, but I think the Eagles have like a 10% chance. Like that that's, unfortunately but
0: yeah i i mean i i get it because i think the the, the cowboys niners back to back was was excusable to a certain degree because those two teams are playing really well but the, the seahawks game i that's kind of where i turned because even through the losing and, and the slow play I was always under the impression that the Eagles had enough talent to figure it out. But yeah, the Seahawks game where you're not going against Geno Smith, you're going against Drew Locke. And it seemed like defensively, they didn't know what to do with him. You know, that late game situation, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba just ran a simple route, got behind the defense and Drew Locke had to make a great throw, but it's like, how do you let the guy get behind you? Because, you know, the Seahawks had, Time kind of working against them, so they were obviously going to take a shot downfield just to see if they could get big chunks of yards. But it's like the defensive, they I don't know if there was a mess up in the coverage or whatever, but you know, teams that want to win the Super Bowl that's not something you necessarily see from them. So I don't know if it's their confidence right now is shaken, and maybe it just takes them winning a couple of games to regain some cockiness or or whatever it is that they're missing. But yeah. And also the the hurts thing. Yeah. He's, I don't know. It seems like his decision-making has gotten worse or he's putting too much pressure on himself to fix everything that's wrong in Philly right now to get the team a win to hopefully get them back on track. And you brought up Purdy like Purdy is doing it the way that made kind of Tom Brady successful. You know, wide receivers would go to New England. They wouldn't put up big numbers, but the team would win. And analysts would always be like, well, why would you want to go there? Your numbers wouldn't be great. You know, the winner's not going to pay you. But, yes, you have the chance to win, though. And that's what the Niners are doing. They have a lot of skilled position players that are really good. Feature all of them. You don't need to lock in on just a you know, Kittle or Samuel. C I you like use them all so that's why i think Purdy's having the success that he that he's having because he's not the most talented guy but in that system he's just the right guy right now so i find it hard to believe that somebody's gonna do something to trip up the niners right now in the nfc it, but the playoffs it, are unpredictable so you know it could happen but yeah i, I wouldn't trust dallas going into san francisco if Dallas ended up with the one seat somehow, that'd be a little different because Dallas has struggled on the road this year.
1: And I, I think I saw something that I could be wrong. You know, don't quote me on it, but it was like the last seven uh, Monday night um, underdogs have won. So if you're looking at that as any type of like legitimate track record thing, that would, that would point to the Ravens beating the Niners, which that opens up a can of worms. Cause then, um, they drop to what uh, they would drop to 11 and four, if Philly and Dallas both win, they're both 11 and four. Like that would obviously make things interesting. I think the NFL would mm-hmm. love that. So I'm not, not sitting here trying to make a case that they would like rig it, but like at the end of the day, like that would be great for, you know, just conversations. Like it would just make, you know, everybody in the media blow up. Like it, it would just turn into a whole fiasco. So um not saying that the, the Ravens will win. I'm not saying that the Niners mm-hmm. will win, but. Like if that does come to fruition, and I mean the Eagles got to play, uh, um, uh, Tommy Cutlets. So I mean, who knows? He might cut our defense apart like a, you know, like a stake, Honestly, I, it could be just him cutting us up left and right. Just th- you know, what mm-hmm. I mean, like I, I have zero confidence in this team right now, and I know they're ten and four. It could be a lot worse. Like I, I got to be a little bit grateful, but it's the way they've lost is. Is the, the the thing where it's like, and just I don't know. You don't you don't see the Niners, even the Cowboys, really coming out. And I mean, Parsons does it sometimes, but like mm-hmm. it just feels like everybody in the Eagles right now has to, you know, voice their displeasure with like their teammate. Like it just seems like there's so much turmoil. It, it feels like the Steelers when they had AJ or not AJ when they had uh, what's his name, Antonio Brown, oh, Antonio
0: Brown, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. and like it, it's just like. Le'Veon Bell was a problem, Antonio Brown's a problem. But you know, we don't know what Big Ben was doing. Like it was just like there was all this animosity and it's like starting to turn that way. It feels like I mean it can be winning you know solves a lot of problems. But right now I I, it's just it's so disappointing when, you know, last year I'm not saying we got robbed of the Super Bowl because they played horrible in the second half, but Mm-hmm. Like that Bradbury hold was just like such a gut punch, you know, to the to the fans. And then like you know, at the end of the day, they didn't execute. They didn't do enough to win. But like after coming off coming off a Super Bowl loss, where you should have won, and and like I'll stand by that. It, it's mm-hmm. now for this to be happening. It's just like man, like how far away are we? Like it, it just now it feels like you know, San Fran is the king of the crop, and like. Were light years away and i think dallas has that outside chance but i still like do i trust Dak to make big throws and big moments not exactly and i don't right. i really don't trust mike mccarthy to make like time to be good with time management and easier mm-hmm. said than done like we we kind of talked about that on on the podcast the other night but it's like you would think these coaches at least would learn like you would think the, the amount of film they watch like at least you know, when there's time management problems or like when a quarterback's not checking it down time and time and time again, you would think those would be, those at least would be adjustable. But I mean, yeah. like a lot of the time, it it just doesn't seem like they can figure it out. And like the same thing, like I come in and we'll get, we're going to take a quick break here soon, but like coming into this year, I, I thought Trevor Lawrence was going to really make that step. And like, I, I picked him for MVP and like, I couldn't have been, I missed that by a mile. So.
0: Yeah, I, look, Lawrence is an interesting kind of case study where the the talent is there, but I'm starting to wonder if he's going to be kind of like Josh Allen in reverse. Because Josh Allen came in with a lot of people doubting his ability, and he struggled for a couple of years, and then it took like the right quarterback, coach, offensive coordinator to really unlock something in him. And I wonder if Lawrence is the same way where he came in with a lot of hype and maybe he's trying to do too much to live up to it, but it might take a coach getting into his ear because look, Peterson's a good coach, but maybe a positional coach to get into his ear and maybe unlock something in him that makes him more consistent because I think that's the problem. He doesn't have the consistent week in and week out. You don't know what you're going to get necessarily from him. Like some weeks he'll look like a top five quarterback in the league. In the other weeks, he looks like uh, like ten to fifteen, and it's just it's just for Jacksonville getting him more as the top five level than the ten to fifteen because you know the talent around him isn't the greatest, but yeah, it should still look a little better than it has. I mean, the fumble against Baltimore was inexcusable. Like those are plays that. Like you usually get roasted for. Like that's that's like Mark Sanchez type stuff. Oh, and damn. and for sure. Yeah. Char- yeah, it's for Trevor Lawrence <laughs> with the team that has an opportunity to win their division once again, but it seems like they're willing to give it up to the Texans or the Colts to take it from them. And I, I yeah, I'm with you. Like the team as a whole is taking a step back for sure.
1: Yeah, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that. I definitely want to get your opinion on some other Kind of not screaming hot takes, but just kind of a, all right. We're a back table discussion we, uh, about the NFL as a whole. I don't know, man. Um, this this yeah, NFL back the break. quote unquote sport is becoming almost like entertainment tonight, and I hate that show. But uh, it, I don't like. How do you feel about the whole? Like, I get Taylor Swift's a big artist, and I'm not going to sit up here and like bash her or say like. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like her or her music, whatever. Like everybody's entitled to their opinion on that. It's not really important. But do you think, like the NFL is? I mean, I think they're loving this, obviously, for ratings' sake and mm-hmm. like pure buzz. Like, do you think they're almost trying to, like, make scenarios like this happen? Like, not to say they they implanted this relationship or something, but like, could you see this like kind of being a domino effect of? I mean, when Tony Romo was dating Jessica Simpson, that was kind of a big deal and yeah. Carrie Underwood and, and things like, but that's the Cowboys. Like you kind of expect that now it's like, you know, Kansas city is all the buzz. Cause of Taylor Swift, like, is it going to be like, I don't even know. I don't, I don't keep up with celebrities too closely, but do you think uh, long story short, like long winded is, do you think the NFL is trying to be more so about entertainment than it is about the actual game sometimes?
0: Well, I I mean, I think that's tough because a lot of these leagues want celebrities involved because it helps with the like creating new fans. Because I'm sure because Taylor Swift started going to Chiefs games, there were some Taylor Swift fans who maybe never watched football, but now started tuning in because they're like, "So she's dating a football player. What team does he play for?" And they see her at a Kansas City game and they go. I wonder which guy it is. And, you know, maybe they're not watching for the same reasons that you or I would, but it's still eyeballs (laughs) on the screen. And I think the league is like, well, if we can create new fans, why not? Uh, We saw it in college football, Colorado. Every game was like a new set of celebrities on the sideline. And all of a sudden you had people who weren't college football fans tuning in to watch Colorado football. So it's... I mean, it's part of, I guess, the marketing savvy that the NFL has. Because when when Taylor Swift's out a game, they're going to show her at least, you know, every 10, 15 minutes to catch her reactions and all that, which then makes it it easy to clip that and, and people run with that. While other leagues may struggle for popularity, maybe because they don't have celebrities showing up. I mean, look at, you know, Rams games. You'll have like Will Ferrell or whoever there, they get shown. It, the NBA does it with the Knicks and the Lakers. They they always highlight, oh, Jack Nicholson sitting in his normal seat. Oh, there goes Spike Lee. It, it's things that leagues have to do to kind of stay relevant and continue to bring in a new fan base. The biggest knock I've always had with baseball is they don't do that. Oh, yeah. Baseball out of the major sports seemingly has – like the oldest fan base you would think and I think that's part of a problem is that they're not appealing to a younger group because like what what is there to hold on to except the new rules which I think is helping but look how long it took us to get there so (laughs) the uh... entertainment part is is necessary for these leagues to continue to stay relevant
1: no you're exactly right like you're you literally took the thought out of my head because I was throughout the entire time you were talking. I was like, this is baseball's not their biggest problem, but this is like a huge gaping hole. And, you know, for the MLB, because like, mm-hmm. when's the last time? I mean, yeah, you'll see, um, you'll see celebrities at, you know, game seven or even if it's, you know, the World Series or something. But like, mm-hmm. when's the last time, you know, in July you saw Taylor Swift at a Kansas city Royal Like she wouldn't even go to a Royals game. I don't think like, and like, even if I shouldn't say, that. I mean, if she was dating some player on the Royals, I'm sure, but like, it wouldn't That's have true. like the buzz that like the NFL is just, it's literally like a snowball that they've, they've pushed downhill and now it's become like, it's just mowing everything in its way over. Like it, it really is just such a, in entertainment space like whether you like it or you hate it like and then i almost think and like this probably isn't a crazy take but like when when refs make bad calls like that that gets more buzz like that gets like you'll see i'm not saying they're out there trying to make bad calls mm-hmm. or speculate i'm not going to go into like the whole is it completely rigged and like is it scripted but like they no matter what they'll have like it'll be a prime time game like the the seahawks eagles game that probably shouldn't have been a close game somehow it was and then like Drew Locke is like the hero of this week or like the Seahawks are like the talk of the, of the NFL right now, just because of that, the way they won. like, it's just mm-hmm. they they find ways to, like I said, I don't scripted, unscripted, it, whatever it's, mm-hmm. it's such a, they, they've mastered the entertainment. Like they've mastered entertainment within a sport because it's like baseball. When's the last time July you, you know, watched, four games, and they were all, like, you know, three of them were a walk-off, and then one was, like, a game, game-winning game run in the top of the ninth. Like, it, it just seems like NFL week in and week out. It's close games, down to the wire, overtime, game-winning field goal. It's just, like, crazy. But mm-hmm. I definitely agree with you. Like, you hit the nail on the head when you said, like, they're going to show Taylor Swift every 10, 15 minutes. Every time she, like, gasped because, you know, it looks like Trevor, or Travis Kelsey broke his leg. It's going to be, like... Oh my, like right on the front page of of every newspaper and every art. Like it's just, it's an explosion. Like it's literally putting gasoline on a fire with the whole, the total Taylor Swift thing. And like, Mm -hmm. if I I bet you, like, I, the NFL is like, please don't break up. Like they're, they're probably pulling out all the stops to like make sure that carries on as long as, especially through the postseason. Like that would just be a huge, like, like all these, I don't even like saying it, but no disrespect, but the Swifties and things, like it's just, it's become like, it's more than football it is now. And mm-hmm. like, love it or hate it, it. It's part of it, but I will ask you this. I, I wasn't going to really get into this, but I definitely want to get your opinion on it. Cause uh, I think you most, like 99% of the time, I agree with you. So who is the worst commentator right now, as far as the NFL is concerned and like, it does. I mean, it, it could even be, you know, not the prime time guys, but like, mm-hmm. you know, you could even sprinkle in like Greg Olson or whoever, but like, who comes to your, cause I got one like right in front of my head. Who's, who's your absolute worst or who do you dislike the most? I should say.
0: I got you. I actually like Greg Olson. I didn't know how I would feel about him, but he, he's, he's kind of, he kind of stays within a, a bit of a lane of his and, and, and he keeps it going. Ugh, I mean, he's a bad one. I know people get on Romo, but I still kind of find <laughs> Romo fine. Like People people love that he would predict stuff, and now it's like they hate him because he's predicting plays and all that. I mean, he's a quarterback, so he sees something, he assumes that's what they're going to run. I actually like that aspect he brings to it. I mean, the biggest problem is him doing the Cowboys games.
1: Oh, my goodness. That's the same oh, yeah. issue I
0: have with, like, Troy Aikman. It's like it's kind of tough to have a former Cowboy call a Cowboy game and not be a fan. So that's like with like the assignment of the network. It doesn't make sense.
1: 100%. And like, I'll, I'll give it back to you, but especially when it's the Cowboys versus like a division, like I'm not even saying just right. the Eagles, like I'll take the Eagles out of it. But if it's like Cowboys giants or Cowboys uh, commanders, it's like, Literally, it's like it's like listening to a Cowboys commentary because it's especially with Romo. Like I think Aikman's actually turned it down quite a bit, and like mm-hmm. he gives the Eagles a lot of of praise. So I, but like when it's like when it's Romo, Cowboys, Giants, Cowboys, I'm just like this is like almost sickening to listen to, honestly. But mm-hmm. go, no, go ahead. But, I,
0: but it's also like kind of unfair to put him in that situation.
1: Because yes, yeah, hundred percent.
0: Like he played for them, so he still. Has a rooting interest, but now he has to be impartial because yeah. he's on a network broadcast, and that that can be tough. Uh, I mean, I know Collinsworth is is very divisive. I just think with Collinsworth, he's like way too excited. So every play to him is some phenomenal play, and then he goes on a rant about it <laughs> while you're watching it, and you're like. I, mean, I saw that two weeks ago by player X because, look, the this past week, the the pass Lamar threw across the field, double coverage, and likely caught it, Collinsworth went nuts for it. I watched the play, and I was like, he shouldn't have made that decision. That, that's not a pass he would make. Now, maybe because Collinsworth's a wide receiver, he would love to have a play like that for himself, and if he made it, he wouldn't <laughs> he sit there and be like – <laughs> Oh, court! Oh, um, I can't remember who was quarterback. I think it was like Boomer Asayser or something. He wouldn't be like, "Hey, Boomer, you can't throw that." He would just be like, "I made a great play. Let's keep it going." Because I, I want because when the play happened, I wondered like if Romo or Aikman saw that play, how would they have analyzed it as, as quarterbacks? Whereas Collinsworth, being a wide receiver, views it differently. He just viewed it as likely went up and made a great play in double coverage instead of that's a pass that shouldn't be shouldn't have been thrown.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, oh my goodness, man! Like, I, if I see the <laughs> Eagles, uh, like if they're gonna be on, and I watch mostly all the Sunday night games. Like, my roommate's a Ravens fan, so he's always got them on, um, and they're on prime time a lot. It seems like so, it, I like I'll sit there and you know kick it and watch those those games too. Most, and you know I'll throw on the Steelers if they're on. But like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, like Chris Con- within like I and I try and give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, but I, late, like this season has really gotten to me where I'm like, dude, you like, he, he instantly gives me a headache. Like it's, it's getting to the point where I'm like, this is almost unhealthy to watch. Cause he, like you said, he, he just, it could be like a run up the middle and he'd be like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, did you see that? Like he'll talk 10 minutes about that block that, that they set for like a run up the middle. Like it's, mm-hmm. I don't, what is it, Mike Tarico, Right, that's that's with him. Yes. Yeah, I can. I, he like escapes me because it's almost like he's not even on the air because it's just like Collinsworth, Collinsworth. Yeah. But I don't. I honestly, got and I don't want to like make the show completely just bashing Collinsworth to the point where it, it's like, you know, too much. But. Mm-hmm. like i if i was mike tariko i'd i literally would demand like if i'm like if i'm coming back next year either you find me somebody else in this booth or like you're paying me a lot more and i don't care what i'm getting paid now like it, it's he is just man like i i turn it down lately like i've been like barely keeping the volume on because to me mm-hmm. he's like going away the worst announced <laughs> like he knows the game yeah. like he can die like he can tell you this and that but like like you said man like it's if I had to sit down and watch a game with somebody, and they're like, "All right, you have to watch every game this year for the Eagles to win the Super Bowl, every minute, every play," but you have to watch it with Chris Collinsworth. Like, I don't even know if that would be worth it. Like, it, it he just, oh my goodness, man! Like, I, I can't state it enough. Like, mm-hmm. there's no one else. Like Romo's getting there for me a little bit lately, but right, okay. He like I I. This is a hot, maybe a, too much of a hot take because there's people that like Collinsworth, but I like ultimately, I I wish he would not like be a broadcaster. Like it, it's that bad. Like he can. I, got you. I got you. wish no ill upon him as a person, but <laughs> it's like, oh my god, dude, it is. It's to the point. It's like fingers on a chalkboard for me. Like I am like this guy just needs to go somewhere. And then to, and like I know you probably like. I'm not gonna say worship Tom Brady. That's that's an extreme word mm-hmm. to say, but like you lo- like he will forever be beloved, you know, because of your New England Patriots. But like when yeah. he gets in the booth, I'm like, just put a fork in me. Like if, if it was like Brady and Collinsworth in the same booth, I, I like would not be able to listen to that. Like that would drive <laughs> I'd I'd be like I, Yeah. I'd be like, oh my god, it'd break out in hives or something. But
0: but I, I kind of wonder. <laughs> What Brady's role necessarily would be, because I think Brady as a studio analyst might be better than in the booth. Because when I think of like I, when I think of the booth, I was think like a Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning would be good in the booth because great, yeah. I've seen the Manning cast, which surprisingly I hadn't watched that as much as I probably would have wanted to this season. But like the, I think the week when they had the two Monday night games, and they were on like simultaneously comment, commenting on both of them, I watched their broadcast and I was like, "This is pretty good." You know, Payne's really good at bouncing off of Eli. You know, I can't stand Eli, but
1: I'm like I'm in Eli the same is camp. Eli's even yeah. good
0: on there. Yeah, Eli's good on there because the brother dynamic, like they'll try to one up each other and stuff like that. Like, Brady, I would see as, you know, suit, tie, pregame show, postgame show. I could see that. If they want to put him in the booth, they're going to have to give him, I mean, a a partner who will will kind of bring stuff out of him. Because I do think Brady could do it. I just am worried he might come off dry. I, I, I don't know.
1: Maybe I'm like, I'm delusional probably, but I almost think he's going to be good at it. I just, like I've forever hated the Patriots. Like I, I'm just mm-hmm. being as honest, as as brutally yeah. honest as I can. So it's like, I don't necessarily like, I don't know. He He's just always like been like, oh my God, like public enemy number one. And mm-hmm. like, it's, I respect, like obviously I respect, like he's amazing. Like, you know, quote unquote, I don't like giving him the credit. I really don't but you know goat status mm-hmm. this that and the third but like i almost like do you think he would be kind of uh because I, I think matt ryan's good at it. i i like matt ryan like when he calls yeah. a game um and it's a shame he gets like flames like like people will bring up like the one week i don't know if you saw the guy I was like yeah it's almost like they were down 28 to 3 and like matt ryan for a full second you could tell I had like a mental breakdown but he's like i mm-hmm. gotta just oh man but um <laughs> Like I almost would lean towards like Brady being, um, Romo esque. Like I think he'll kind of bring that part mm-hmm. of it. I, I hope it's not because I think Romo does it too much. Like if he did it, did it here and there, that's fine. But it's almost like every drive, he's like, all right, that's gonna happen. And it's like, okay, well, now you're kind of taken away from like I want to see. I want to be unexpected, you know. But um, I could see Brady being like that. I, I think uh, honestly, he'll be good at it. I would. I would love to see Gronk call game. Like I know he's in the like the pregame on Fox and like the mm-hmm. halftime show. But like, I love it as, as like sacrilegious or you know contradictory as it is. Like I love Gronk. So like if he was like in the booth, not with Brady, but like if they inserted him in the booth, I'd be like, man, this will mm-hmm. be, I don't know if he could do it. Maybe he'd be awful. Cause he, I don't, he's, I'm not going to say he's dumb. That's not the right, but like, I don't know if he could like think on his feet and say the right Thing I mean, it's not easy to do. I don't think to be a broadcaster, but yeah, I uh, that'll be interesting for sure. Like when Brady gets inserted, like I'll give him a chance. Like I really will. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, I think
0: I think Gronk would be. I will try to think of like who he would compare to because I think Bro- Gronk would need like a, a seasoned partner in the booth, like a Al Michaels or something. Yeah. To So those moments where Gronk kind of starts going off on a tangent (laughs) could bring him back. Like with Brady, I think Brady would do well with – I'm trying to think of somebody. Well, because like Brady would need somebody who, you know, those moments where he might get locked in and is just like watching what's on the field and you might forget he's in the booth for a little bit, he would need somebody who quickly would say like, so, Tom, that play, like what happened, you see, know? See, that's why I think. Kind of so,
1: yeah. Yeah. I think he would, like, if they took, I'm not saying completely fire Romo because, like, he is, he is good. I just, it's getting a little nauseating for me. But if you took Romo out, put Brady in with Jim Nance, like, I think Jim Nance is really yes, good. Yeah. Yeah. Because Jim that, Nance isn't a, over the point. top. Like, he's not. I think Al Michaels is, like, kind of just like, I don't know if he's quite there anymore, not to be um too insulting but it's like sometimes like it'll be just it it doesn't make sense almost um Mm -hmm. he'll be like super excited and then not excited he's kind of like joe buck it's like what are you getting here like I, i don't quite and i like joe buck but like i i don't know i used to like a lot of these guys more and like now it's i don't know there's not very many great ones i don't think right now like there's a lot of different personalities but the The one I do love, and he's in the college space. um, I'm pretty sure you pay attention to college football, too. But Mm -hmm. um, like Gus Johnson, I'm like, dude, sign me up every week. Mm -hmm. I will watch. I'll watch Iowa Northwestern if he's calling the game just because it's like I feel like I'm almost there. Like he's he's just he's like, I don't think he gets the praise that I mean, he gets a lot, but he's kind of like underrated, in my opinion, at, Mm -hmm. at calling games.
0: Yeah, I, I think his energy works at a college level because, like college football, he he sounds really good. College basketball or March Madness, like his games are are must watch. NFL, I don't know. I feel like that would probably weigh on people after a while. And it's interesting you wrote Gus Johnson because I was thinking, like, if you had a booth of Gus Johnson and Gronk, it would it would probably be nuts, but it'd be like a, a good thing. Because the, the level of excitement that Gus Johnson brings to it, I think would put Gronk at ease. Whereas if you put Gronk with kind of like a stuffed shirt who's like real regimented, Gronk might feel a little bit like weary to be himself. Yeah. And I think that would take away from Gronk. So th- that's why I'm like with Gronk and Brady, It's it, it'd be key as to who you put them with. Like Jim Nance with Brady, I think that's great because Nance is a pro, Brady's a pro. But Nance can go off script every once in a while. But he won't go so far that it becomes like parody or something like that. Like, Gronk would be a tougher sell as to who to pair with him, but Gus Johnson might be. They might have to put Gronk on a college broadcast just to see because I think that would be crazy.
1: I wonder if, like, they've ever, like, maybe Fox is like, no, Gronk can't do it. Like, maybe they, or, like, maybe they went to Gronk and he's like, I don't want to do it. But I would love to right. at least, like, I'd love to have a trial run where they, they throw Gronk in a, like, can you imagine if it was Gronk and like, the, I don't know. If you threw Gronk in a booth that's, like, a guy, like, you know, like, you brought up, like, really regimated But then, like, they checked in with the Manning cast, like, every couple minutes. Like, Gronk in the man cast, like, that would sell, like, hotcakes, I think. like. Yeah. I just think – I don't know. The whole, like, NFL Nickelodeon thing, like, I get it, what they're trying to do. But, like, if you're going to do that, then bring in Gronk. Bring in, like, just Gus Johnson. Like, make it, like, over the top just – because, like, some of these guys, like, they can get excited. And I'm – I probably wouldn't be good at it either, but it's, like – when when some of these guys trying to act excited, like Joe Buck tries to act excited and you can tell he's acting excited. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's kind of forced like where some of these like Gus Johnson, even if it is forced or whatever, like how his personality is like that energy just like translates to people. So I, uh, I definitely wanted to get your take on that. Like I will die on a hill. Like I would love to see Collinsworth completely gone, done never again. But um, yeah, I would, I, I hope they try different things. I think with all like Kirk Herbstreet's one of my favorites. I think he's mm-hmm. professional, but like he, I don't know. He's interesting. Like a lot of people find him boring. I think he's very interesting. Like I think, I think he's like classy, but like he's not boring. Like to me, yeah. So yeah,
0: I right, look when it comes to announcers, it's it's it's, it's kind of tough to find a pairing that just works because like I like Joel Klatt.
1: I do too. I, I yeah,
0: like he, I feel like he's a guy who. You know, he'll give you the X's and O's, he'll give you the stats and everything, but he can give you personality as well. Like he can tell a joke, he can, he can do all of that. And and I feel like that's what you need. You know, you did bring up something interesting, like Gronk would be good for Nickelodeon or like the Toy Story telecast that they did. Like Gronk would probably be great at that. Because I, I feel like in the analyst space, there are guys who bring great energy. And at times that's really needed. You know, Gronk, I think RG3 is a guy like that who, you know, he's willing to do, you know, he's willing to bring some excitement to the game at moments where it may not be the the greatest entertainment. And those guys definitely have a place. It's just, you don't want it to become so over the top that it's like, okay, now you're just trying to make me. You know, feel a certain thing at this moment when it's just like it's not needed, but uh, yeah, it, it's 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 tricky. It, not trucky, it's tricky <laughs> with announcers, like because the the person for me who used to be the one I couldn't stand was Dan Fouts. I hated Dan Fouts, Dan Fouts. games, and he used to get Patriots games like every week. <laughs> I I can I, I think they paired him with like Iron Eagle, who's really good, but Fouts was just so bad that. You know, it was almost like he was dragging down Iron Eagle because, like, you could tell, like, in the last few years, he, he needed to be out of the booth. And then, you know, ultimately, they, I think they replaced him, unless he's just like the absolute bottom of the barrel of the CBS and he's just doing, I don't know, Cardinals games or something. Like, I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. And there's so many, like, sometimes I'll even, like, because I, I'm definitely uh, you know I'll sit down and watch the Eagles I'll sit down, like certain teams but I I mm-hmm. I'll like throw on Red Zone or something like I I can't sit there and watch like Cardinals Chargers like I I have no interest in that um yeah. where you know even if I have like money on certain like I'll throw them on for a little bit but like I don't I don't know all the announcers I shouldn't sit here and say like I but like I do I definitely have a bias when like like Greg Olson was Some of these, I don't know if the networks like just tell these guys to pump up like whoever's winning. It's like they literally will just talk about how great they are for like Mm -hmm. 20 minutes straight. It's like, okay, I get it. I understand. But like it it gets a little bit too too much. Like cool. Like even if the Eagles are winning by 30, I don't want to just hear about the Eagles. That's it. Like it's, it's, there's two teams on the field. Like give me something, like give me some back and forth. Even if it is like critiquing the Eagles, fine. But like when when Greg Olson called the the San Fran game, it was like, you know, you didn't even know the Eagles were on the field. Like it, it got to the point where I was like, okay, 49ers are winning the Super Bowl every mm-hmm. every year for the next ten because like this is the way he was talking about. Yeah. So I don't. It, it could be like networks doing that. Like I'm sure they go off of a script to a certain degree, and then they they give their opinions. But like I, that's what I've always like loved about Herb Street. Like even though he's an Ohio State guy when Ohio state plays Penn state, he always gives Penn state the credit. He's picked Penn state Mm -hmm. a couple of times where I definitely wouldn't have. Um, Like, I I just think he's very impartial, like for being uh, an Ohio state quarterback, great program, obviously. And like some of these other guys, it's, it's, I don't think they try to be impartial. They're just like, yeah, I'm going to, and I don't, don't get me wrong. If I watched like Eagles Cowboys and I'm calling the game, it would be so hard for me to do it. But they're mm-hmm. they're in the booth for a reason. So I don't know. We got we got pretty long winded with that, but that I like that, that conversation because yeah. there's uh there's a lot of personalities right now and it's kinda it's kinda like pick your poison, I think. But um uh, speaking of pick your poison, you know, we'll get out of here fairly shortly, but what do you think uh MVP odds currently uh we'll go off DraftKings. I got them all pulled up, but uh Brock Purdy at minus two hundred Lamar at plus 450, Josh Allen at plus 1,200, Dak at plus 700, McCaffrey at plus 1,000. Then it kind of drops off from there. But yeah. um, do you think Purdy should be the favorite? Um, do you see anybody, you know, potentially taking that from him? Obviously that Ravens 49ers game has has some implications there, but yeah. um, like what's your take on the MVP running?
0: So I I do agree Purdy should be the f- – Favorite, and I think for a season where quarterback play has been so up and down, we know that the MVP is normally a quarterback-driven uh, award. I've, I'm starting to think that Purdy might be the last hope for quarterbacks. Like if he slips up the past the next few weeks and falls out of it, I think we might actually see a non-quarterback win it. And I think I think for a lot of fans, they would love to see that because so many years, you know, you have great like great performances like Justin Jefferson or whatever, but they ne- but you know they're never going to get it. And I do think there's a reason for that because in order for a wide receiver to have a really great season, a quarterback needs to get him the ball, and that's why quarterbacks are always held in a higher regard. Because a lot of people are like, oh, Tyreek Hill needs to win it, so then shouldn't two be in the conversation? Exactly. Yeah. Because if two is not in the conversation, how's it possible that Tyreek Hill is the MVP when, you know, Tyreek Hill's not playing quarterback. He doesn't automatically get the ball every time Tua has to get it to him. And I think that's kind of the problem you run into with wide receivers. Now, CMC as a running back is a little different because once Purdy hands it off to him, he basically has to do everything on his own, along with an offensive line, of course. But, uh, yeah, I think it's Purdy although um CMC probably should be second. And then you could probably go Lamar and then now Josh Allen, look, he's, he's thrown himself back in there off the past couple of weeks, but yeah, he's definitely a long shot. So I would go Purdy CMC and probably Lamar is the top three.
1: That's that's fair. Yeah. I think it's, it's hard to argue. I, I think like, and and gene on the sports empire network made the argument like and i i agree and i don't like it's tough for me cuz like if you're mm-hmm. on a loaded team like yes you have to perform but i think it's easier to perform obviously on a loaded team like you insert trevor lawrence on the 49ers i know people say oh that's stupid this and that but they mm-hmm. would game plan for him and they would like scheme around him or even lamar like what would it look like for san fran to have a mobile quarterback on top of, you know, what they have. Like it just, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to take anything away from Purdy. People will say, Oh, like you're not giving him his credit. I definitely am. Um, mm-hmm. You gotta be good to, to play it. You gotta be really good to play at the level he, he's playing at this year. Can he do it long-term? We'll see. There's a lot mm-hmm. of like, will he take a massive contract this, that like, there's so many, there's so many little factors that'll play into that. But yeah. I, I, I mean, just based on like how good San Fran has played, how consistent he's been, like, it, it, you can't really make an argument against it. Outside of McCaffrey, I, I think, like, that team without McCaffrey is a whole different dynamic. Like, if he would go down, like, that, you might see a different Brock Purdy. Like, I really – yeah. I honestly believe that. And, like, that's not taking anything away from him, but the guy can run the ball at an elite level. You have to game plan for the run game. You have to game plan for him out of the backfield. Like, he, he scores a touchdown every week. He's, like, minus – 350 to get a touchdown. Like you can't even make money on that. Um mm-hmm. um so it's like I the whole Josh Allen thing's a little surprising to me cuz like yes, he's playing a lot better, but he like turns the ball over at such a high rate that I'm like yeah. I don't quite I can't quite get there. I'd almost make the argument for Dak being number 3. I know they they've got absolutely blown out by the Bills, but like the season he's having, the number like he's he's second in a lot of, of categories and like um, I just think they've obviously they're, they're right up there to win the NFC East with the Eagles. Um, so I, I just, I think he's played at a, a much better level than in years past. Um, he's not turning the ball over as much. So I'd probably go Purdy McCaffrey, Dak um, as, as painful as that, that is for me to say, cause I can't, can't stand either team, but it's, um, you know, I tip my cap where where I should, I guess. But it's – yeah, I, Lamar is definitely, like, un, unstoppable at times. I just don't know if – like, not to take anything away from him, but, like, their defense is so good. And not that, like, San Fran's the same thing, but, like, has he done enough to be the MVP? I'm not sure. I think he's playing really good. And, like, he's so hard to stop because, like, if you, you know, don't account for his legs, he's going to get – like, he is – as far as an escape artist, like, he's got to be the best of all time. Like, I, I've never seen a guy that, like, it'll look like a plays completely broken down, and it's like, boom, he gets a, a first down. Like, it's just, he does it week in and week out. But,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I think ultimately, like, it's Purdy's to lose unless, like, he would come out and throw, like, four picks this week and Lamar would go right. off. I think that's really the only way Lamar jumps him. I don't think McCaffrey wins it because he's a running back, and I just think... Like, Dak won't eclipse him. So uh, it's a boring answer because he's the favorite, but I think he will win it.
0: I agree. That's definitely how it's positioning. You know, for CMC, his best bet would be a Niners win where Purdy struggles. (laughs) And and you can easily point to several plays that McCaffrey made. Then he might have a chance because the last non-quarterback, I think, was Adrian Peterson, and that was the year when he was – like really special and put up a lot of yeah. yards and touchdowns. So it's it can be done. It, it just will take Purdy struggling in a game that McCaffrey kind of bails the Niners out of for him to really get it at this point. For
1: sure. Yeah, I I didn't mention it at the, at the top of the show. Uh, Joey, uh, the co-host, he's just going through a lot right now. He said it was fine for me to to kind of put that out there. So it's not like he's gone forever, um, but uh, definitely appreciate Kyle jumping in. I have his Twitter pulled up. It's chomping at the bit, so I got that right this time. Um, where yes. else can we find you? Uh and yeah, we'll uh we'll kind of close out the show.
0: Oh, oh, I mean, I'm like on TikTok <laughs> to yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook. I, I'm trying to have a presence on any social I can. So I guess the easiest would be probably the, the the youtube channel then go to the about and kind of see the socials all all over there so if you search like chomping at the bit podcast i don't have like those crazy handles like chomping at the bit like 6287 or something i don't know the number off the top of my head so i i never really refer to it as that but, but yeah that's the easiest place go to the about and you'll see the links to all the other ones
1: for sure yeah definitely check him out he's on the sports empire network um, they have a lot of stuff going on on there. So definitely check out their YouTube, Facebook, um, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Yeah, but um, it's been a pleasure, man. It always is. Um, he knows his sports. So I'll definitely have him back on the show. We try and do a, a little bases loaded podcast, which, you know, hopefully we can get done tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Um, Schedule has been hectic. So I haven't been uploading as consistently, but I'm still trying to get at least one a week out at the very least right now. So um, yeah, thanks for everybody that's listening. Uh, you can check me out at brutally honest without the t Bruley honest on twitter um link trees there to to where we're at i need to be more on the socials like Kyle uh he inspires me a little bit cuz i'm i'm slacking on youtube man I'm, I'm really slacking and i don't have i have a tiktok but it's it's non existent so mm-hmm. uh we'll get there hopefully 2024 you know more things to come but yeah. as always peace out and we'll catch you later all right